Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's poppin'? Welcome to another edition of Advantage Connors. Here with my mascot, Gold Dude Isabella on my side, and my co-host, Jimmy Connors. What's going on today? I don't know. I thought you were going to say I was the mascot. <laughs> but you, you, got, you, you got your little girl with you over there, and uh, it was her birthday and uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, she turned... Four. Four. Already. That's right. And, and uh, I... I, I'll never forget her birthday because it's on my birthday, too. So we had a good celebration. And now, you know, hey, you know, we're back into it. And a lot of things happening around the world. And you sent me some news this morning in tennis. What's uh, what's up? Yeah, some breaking news. Uh, I was at work uh, early, early this morning uh, doing some Davis Cup action. And um, the news came down on his Twitter that Roger Federer, 20-time Grand Slam champion Roger Federer, has announced his retirement from the ATP Tour and Grand Slam match play. So what do you think about that? What's your first response? Yeah. Yeah, my, my, my first thoughts were, I mean, you know, he's, he, he's been injured the last uh, couple of years. He's had a knee problem, uh, well-documented. And, and uh, uh, obviously, you know, taking this time away and, you know, trying to take care of it and get it back into shape and, you know, to to go out and, and, uh, you know, and put that kind of pressure, you know, on your body playing, you know, three and four, uh, five hour matches and three out of five sets and things like that. I mean, it's, uh, it's no easy task coming back from an injury. And, and I talk from experience. It's, uh, uh, there a lot of work goes into it and you gotta be lucky. And, you know, for, for him not to be able to come back with everything that he's gone through to, to try to you know get well and be able to come back and compete at such a high level, obviously he's hurting. Uh, you know, even though you know I I think he'll he'll still continue to play a little bit. He just won't uh, you know get in the flow of the major events and so forth. But uh, hey, playing in pain is no fun. But you know I, I kind of feel for him that you know he was he was actually you know his injury told him that he had to retire. He never had an opportunity to come back and. And, and really try it and give it a go. Uh, and, uh, you know, which is, uh, you know, which is sometimes, you know, tough to take, but Hey, you know, he's got a long life and, 
better to be uh, as healthy as you can be and not push it too far. Yeah, the three knee surgeries in, in like a two-year period, uh, that's tough, especially when you're a little older. You know, it takes longer to, to recuperate and, and to come back, and, and you're giving up that time to the other players who are out there playing. And crazy career, like just, just looking at the stats, obviously the 20 grand slams. Um, he c- comes up short on a, on a few records that, you know, someone I know happens to own. Uh, one of three, 103 ATP titles, 157 ATP finals, and 1,251 matches won. Comes up just a little short uh, of you on all three. Talk to me about the ridiculousness of those numbers. Well, I, you, know, uh, you know, when you, when you hear numbers like that, Brad, I, I guess, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, every time you show up, you show up to play. And, and you're ready to play. And, and that's why, you know, an injury that, you know, that comes later on is, is tough to overcome. You know, that because he's used to that. He's used to going into, whether it's the Wimbledon, U.S. Open, Australia, Cincinnati, you know, Basel, wherever, and, and saying, you know, I want to win this tournament. Yeah. And, and, and you perform like that, and you expect yourself to give it that kind of effort every time, and that's why you accumulate numbers like that. Uh, you know, that, you know back, back in the day, my day, you know, as you know, I uh, I know they've changed now that you know Grand Slams have become so important, and you know Grand Slam matches and so forth. But you know, back in the day, every match was important. You know, as far as selling the game and and for your legacy and to be able to you know uh, not only uh, be able to play the tournaments, but you know get lucky and maybe play some exhibitions or special events. All that did was build your name and your reputation, and you know, and how you how you perform you know, kind of carried over to everything else in a way to make a living, you know, and, it, you know, but you don't put numbers up like that by accident. <laughs> you know, you, you put those numbers up by going out every time. And like I said, being ready uh, and knowing that, that you've got the bullseye on your back, that everybody wants to beat you no matter what. Right. And you perform and keep pushing them back, keep pushing them back, keep pushing them back. Now, I think that's one reason he was able to play at such a high level you know, for so long also it is because the, that was that important to him, just like it was that important to me to, to be able in, and to, you know, ev- eventually you don't go out and please anybody else except yourself and, and, and how you perform. And, uh, you know, he pushed himself to that level, you know, uh, from day one throughout the course of his career and his numbers show it. Yeah. Unbelievable stats. Um, but I, to me, I've always said the, the craziest thing about Fed's career, never once retired from a match. And yeah, that's incredible. That's, yeah, that, that's, I mean, that's yeah, half that's, incredible, half lucky, because you know how it is. Like sometimes you just tweak an ankle or you fall or something happens to your knee goes out or something. And, you know, you got to retire. But, you know, but I, fact- was also, I was also going to throw that in there, but it could be half crazy, too, is because there might have been times you know, when he did tweak his knee, you mm-hmm. know, or he did, you know, tweak something and, and, and he kept on playing. Yeah. And, and, and instead of, you know, saying, hey, man, this isn't good. Maybe I should, you know, think about this. He continued to put that, uh, that pressure on himself physically, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then, and then that also, if you're protecting something somewhere along the line, then that affects you mentally too. That's an extra strain on you. Right. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, but, but, uh, you know, that, that is, a is an unbelievable stat. I, I don't think I know anybody else, you know, in the game, you know, especially when I was playing that, that, uh, that ever did that, yeah. uh, you know, so, 
you know, and then and there there we go again. You know, let's go back to his numbers. You know, how many matches he won, how many finals was he was in, how many tournaments he won, you know, and all that. You know, that's that's all part of pushing yourself, just that little extra, you know, every time. Right. And 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 eventually, you know, the older you get, it it uh, catches up with you. Yeah. It caught up with him too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, age gets us all, but I mean, never once pulling the ripcord is, is pretty impressive, especially when you think like back to his last match. So like his last competitive match now, besides Labor Cup, he's, he, he's going to play Labor Cup in London next week. So that'll be kind of the chance for the tennis world to say goodbye and, and to see him play. And I'm sure he'll play doubles and singles and, and, and kind of lead the way there with, with an unbelievable lineup with Djokovic and Murray and Nadal there also. Um, but like his last competitive match, he lost to Hercotch at Wimbledon in straights. And the last set was a six love set. I think mm-hmm. a good percentage of the tour, I'm like, I don't think he was all the way right in that last set. Hercotch played really good, but I don't think Fed was right that day. I think right. there's a good percentage of the tour that pulls the ripcord in that situation. Doesn't go down and, th- and, and let themselves take a six love set. Retires in the second or retires after they get broken immediately in the third at one love. Something like that, mm-hmm. right? Instead, he takes his medicine. He doesn't pull away from Hercatch's moment. So Hercatch, you know, wins and is respectful and then goes inside. He doesn't have to answer questions like, well, you know, Fed was hurt. And, you know, is that the only reason you won? And, you know, all that kind of stuff. He never takes away from his opponent. And I always think that's like so cool and so impressive as like a person and then as an athlete, because like you're always cognizant of like, you know, the other player and, and the game itself and the respect of the game and, and like you got, you know, people like you and him are like such great ambassadors for the game and have helped grow the game so much. And it's just like, uh, you know, it's like a sad day in a lot of ways for the game and for, for everyone. Yeah. I mean, they, certainly, you know, we've, we've talked about this ever since we started our podcast that, you know, eventually, uh, you know, the, the, the main three that are playing right now, which is Federer, uh, Nadal and Djokovic, eventually they're going to go. Right, you know, it's it's inevitable. It's something is, is you're either going to get older, you're going to get hurt, you know, maybe both. You mm-hmm. know, as uh, as what's happened to to Federer right now, that that uh, you know, uh, who's next, Rafa? You know, I mean, you know, he's he's been uh, had his ups and downs with injuries, you know, for and well documented for documented for a number of years, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know, even even pulled out of uh, the 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 semifinal of Wimbledon. Right, you know, with an injury. So, you know, what what's next? It, it's it's Federer now, Nadal next. They're they're not letting Djokovic play. You know, so you know, is is it? Uh, you know, we we've been asking for a next generation. All of a sudden, they're going to be thrown in there. You know, mm-hmm. head first. You know, to take over. Uh, you know, which I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the best. Maybe uh, you know they they they've had enough time to play off of the three. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't think uh, Novak or or or, uh, or Rafa's finished anyway. I, I think they're they've got a lot more tennis in them. But maybe this is the right thing for you know for the young guys to have to step up now and and now now it's time for them to take their place, right? And 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 let them let them prove it. You know, like like the this past U.S. Open, right? You know, having Alcaraz uh, win that. I mean, he he went out and took it. Nobody gave him anything. Right. And, and uh, that, that's why, uh, you know, it's so impressive for him to win there. Right. I mean, I think we can still throw Murray in there. He's still out there battling, but like, yeah, it's not the same Murray as, as we were used to. And yeah, it is funny that like Fed's done, Murray still plays, you know, and is, is, is going about it, but we know he's probably not a major contender like he used to be. 
and Joker isn't allowed to play in half the events or whatever, a good number of the events. And then Nadal like has had injuries, but is still playing. So in, in yep. a way, like in the beginning, when they were all coming up, Nadal was the guy you thought probably would burn out earliest. Like, I think it was similar to you. Like, I feel like you probably heard these things earlier in your career, like, because you played so hard on every point, you know, you battled so hard on the hard courts and it was too tough on your knees and you're going to like wear out once you're 30. And everyone thought that about Nadal and Nadal still Mm -hmm. out there grinding, winning, you know, two slams this year, you know, like still going out there, putting up numbers and like somehow he might be the last man standing out of these guys. (laughs) You're right. It could be, you you know, but, but it's, it's, uh, it's interesting, brother, when you, you know, when, when you're like that and, and you play like that and you put so much into it, like uh, like he has throughout the course of his career. I mean, I, I look back in my career. I, I never wanted a massage. I never wanted anything because I didn't want it, uh, that to take away from the real feeling of my body. Hmm. You know, if, if, if I had some aches and pains, it was almost, you know, OK, I've got aches and pains. I, I'm good with that. You know, what, what hurts? That's okay. I'm going to leave it alone because I know it hurts. <laughs> you, you know, I, I didn't want to ever try to, you know, uh, mask the feeling of, you know, what, what I was out there doing and, and, and trying to play for, you know, playing a five-hour match. I, I, I knew that there was aches and pains there, mm-hmm. you know, but, but, but I didn't want him to, want him to leave. I, I, I liked being aware of that uh, and, and feeling that. But, you know, when you put that kind of effort in it, you know, and, Federer put that kind of effort in too. Only it, it didn't look like that. He was he he wasn't the the grinding grinder, you know, nose in the dirt, you know, Connor's you know Nadal kind of way to play. You know, he was he was more gliding. He was more Nastasi like mm-hmm. uh, the, the way he played, and and you know with his movement and his you know his elegance and and so forth like that. So you know even though he was he was putting out the effort. Maybe it didn't take his toll in, until, you know, later. You mm-hmm. know, Rafa you know, had his ups and downs earlier than right. than or so. Uh, but it's, uh, you know, to, to you're have right, to. You're um, right. Yeah, you're right. Like, um, I've been lucky enough to do some photography, you know, tennis photography at some of the places I work or just going down to Indian Wells. And one thing I've noticed when I watch Fed matches is like I would just sit there and, you know, I'd be like looking at my camera or looking at the pictures I took with my head down and just listening. And like the, I would compare the, the sound of Fed's footwork compared to like Chilich or whoever he would play, whoever the Dolgopolov or whatever the player was at the time. And, mm-hmm. and you could, you're right. He, he's like a glider. His footwork was almost like silent compared to mm-hmm. like the lumbery steps of like a big six foot six guy or, or what, you know, even like other players, like Nadal's footwork probably sounds heavier than, than Fed's, you know, or even when we, when Roddick would play him and we would be at his matches. You know, just right. like just the style of the way people move and, and the way he's his footwork to get around the ball and to, and to, you know, get to the forehand and hit his huge forehand and, you know, such a good backhand. And I think Fed's got one of the best serves ever. You know, he doesn't serve the fastest, but like situational over his career, I think his serve has got to be like top five or 10 just because he's right. so money with it, you know? Right. Well, he, he had variety of pace and direction. Mm-hmm. Such variety, you know, that, uh, you know, and, and, and one thing that, that I always noticed, you know, or, or what was important to me as a returner was to watch the, uh, the toss of the ball, you know, and, and, and my most difficult uh, uh, guys I had to return against were the guys who threw it in the same place all the time. 
mm-hmm. you know, no matter what, whether they were, you know, put it up the line, put it out wide, spin it in, you know, slide it, whatever. And, and it's, it's seen, and he had almost a, you know, kind of a quick motion, his arm and hand and racket went all up at the same time. So he was, you know, a, a, a bit of a different kind of toss, which, you know, uh, obviously suited him very well, but his direction and variety of pace was, uh, was pretty strong with that. Yeah. I mean, his serve is pretty fluid. It's just like that. It's such a sweet motion from down to up and snap, you know, and he jumps into the court. His serve, I just, you know, people always talk, well, biggest serve. It's like a big serve. If you know where it's going, it can be blocked back. You know what I mean? You right. can like block it back deep and kind of neutralize the serve in a sense. But like, if you have one where you have no idea where it's going, and like you said, like he puts the toss in a pretty similar place on most of his serves. So that makes it super hard to read. And then like, you know, I'd rather have that than 140 mile an hour bomb where you know where it's going. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that you can get onto. You know, if you know it's coming in at 140 all the time, all you got to do is hold on for dear life, and you know, and try to, you know, redirect uh, it. Just hold, yeah, just uh, hold firm. And, you know, once you start the ball in play, then, you know, then you're back in it. You know, but when you're when you're guessing all the time and trying to figure out, uh, you know, at, at 30, 15, or, I mean, I was never a big stat guy, but, you know, I always, you know, kind of figured, you know, you're going to go with what you know best, you know, under the pressure and, and things like that. But, you know, he, and he wasn't like that. Uh, you know, he could uh, he could vary it. And and he was he was never, you know, I like guys who went in there and and, uh, uh, and, and always give you something that you never expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, if it's, you know, if it's, you know, you're down break point and, and you're going to serve up the line every time. I, I like a guy who's going to serve you out wide you right. know, and, and, and come in as opposed to. You know, same old by the book. Well, the stat says, well, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're going to go by stats, you know, you know what I always said about that, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to be sitting on the sidelines a lot. Right. Uh, you know, so, but uh, yeah, the game is going to miss him, uh, you know, and, and uh, what he's done for, you know, the past 20 years or, or maybe even more, a few more years than that. But uh, yeah, he's had, uh, he's had a hell of a record and, and, uh, you know, should be more than proud of, uh, you know, of his results, you know, every time he walked out there. And like you said, you know, he never, never walked off, never defaulted a match and uh, pretty good numbers. Pretty yeah. good. One, one more thing that you can compare to like your career. If Fed isn't Fed, if there's no Fed, does Djokovic have 20 plus slams and Nadal have 20 plus slams and like guys like Murray have eight slams? Or does a guy like Fed being such a once in a generational or, you know what I mean, kind of guy who comes along, does, does he pull the people behind him to get better? You know, does he make yeah. Nadal become better? And Djokovic then sees both those guys ahead of him and he's like, well, you know, screw this. I got to compete with these guys. I got to get better. Like, did, did that, like, did McEnroe coming along and, and Borg and Lindell coming along make you end up with 109 instead of 89? Yeah, I, I, that's a very good point, Brett. And and uh, you, know, you know they they had somebody to you know to look up to and, and to go up against. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know when when Federer because he had come in and, and he was you know the first one to kind of take away from Sampras and that group, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 so you know when when uh, the Nadal's and and the Djokovic's came in, you know uh, they they already had somebody who was you know was established and you know says okay. You know, if if I'm going to compete, this is the guy. This right. is the guy I want to have to beat. And and uh, you know, when when it was me, I was the older one. 
you know, I, I was the one that had been around and been the uh, been the best in the U.S. and the best in the world and the Wimbledon winner and U.S. Open winner. So when the younger guys came in, you know, from from my standpoint, you know, I didn't want them to, to catch me. <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I tried to they and, and they pushed me. There's no doubt but I didn't want them to catch me. I didn't want them to take over my spot. You know, he the the uh, Nadal's and, and, and that they were looking at it uh fetter as i i think the same way but 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 uh you you have to have somebody or something uh in your day that that pushes you a little bit harder than you ever want to play or ever want to train you know what that is everybody's different everybody's an individual on that uh, but but you got to have something you know to to grab onto that when you get up because sometimes you don't want to do it you, you don't want to go out there and grind it and, you know, and put in the time, you know, it's a, you know, tennis, I've always said is a 365 day a year job. If you do it right. And, and you want to be the best and you want to put up the numbers like Federer did and the amount of tournaments and the matches and the blah, 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 and all that. Yeah. It's a, it's around the clock business. Yeah. And, and, you know, sometimes you don't want to do it, but uh, you know, you got to find something that, that, that pushes yourself a little further and, and uh, a little harder. And if you find that, then you're pretty lucky. Yeah. It's funny. It's like, uh, it's almost like discipline fuel or something, you know, like as you get older and get better and, and have to, you know, like you need new things to be the thing that m- motivates you. Sometimes it's anger or it's resentment or mm-hmm. it's, it's being belittled or shunned or, or sometimes mm-hmm. it's just trying to beat your rival or who the next guy is or the guy coming up behind you is. And it's always changing. You know, and then at the heart of it is like your discipline, you know, sometimes that, you need different things to help fuel that discipline. That's the right word <laughs> that that's uh, I've lived by that word. And and if you if you have that and, and you can find a, a little extra motivation, you know, to, to push that discipline, then then, you know, for me, that was the key. You know, what was that? I mean, you know, you, you mentioned them all. Is it anger? Is it resentment? Is it shun? Is it, you know, you're finished? You, you know, you know, go do something else. You're getting too old. You, 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 you know, you're, you put on a few pounds. You've done, you know, there's so many things that, that can be said, you know, to, to try to take away your, your, your love for what you do. Because everybody's looking for an angle, you know, especially the press. I mean, they're, they, they, they'd rather, you know, when you're on top, nobody wants to tear you down quicker than the press. You right. know, but they also, when you're down, they don't, they're, they're the ones that want to try to build you back up again. You know, make up your mind. <laughs> so, right. uh, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a very fine line. But, but, if, but discipline is, you know, to, it was to me you know, the, the most important. And, uh, you know, as long as I kept that, then I was able to play at a pretty high level. Yep. Yep. That's good stuff. Um, that's uh, so, so farewell to fed. We'll get to see him play labor cup and I'm sure we'll still see him around tennis, you know, a lot and, and he'll be an ambassador for the game and play exhibitions and make tons of bread and all that stuff. So, uh, farewell to fed and, uh, let's move on. You mentioned it earlier. Um, how lucky is tennis that like fed and, and these guys have like hung on for as long as they have. And no one's kind of come in to take the throne from behind them for almost like a generation and a half, you know, creeping on two, mm-hmm. creeping on two kind of. Right. And then exactly. right. Like uh, literally two weeks before fed wins this, you know, phenom kid who's been, you know, come out, not come out of nowhere. We've known about him for a year and a half or so, but this year is he's really come on, you know, breaking on the scene when he, you know, 
winning Miami and, and, and when, you know, getting, you know, far in, in uh, Roland Garros and winning a bunch of tournaments on clay and uh, Carlos Alcaraz ends up winning the 2022 U S open uh, over Casper rude, your guy uh, in four yeah. sets uh, to take the crown. He, he had to be, he had to earn it. He had three, five setters. I think in a row, he beat Chilich. He beat our guy Sinner in a thrilling match, uh, adding to yep. the uh, idea that that could be the next great rivalry in tennis. Uh, I'm kind of pushing that as a, a narrative just because they're so close in age and, and I love watching them play. And then Francis Tiafo, the American making the semifinals, his, uh, his best result as a pro, losing in five sets, 6-3 in the fifth against Carlos. And then Rude goes down in four. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, good. You know, for me, it, that, that's good action. You know, and, and, and the reason being is because uh, if, if, you, if you look at those guys, they're all new players. You know, even going back to Zero and Tsitsipas and, and team, you know, who are, are just a, maybe a few years older than, you know, than those guys, four or five, five or six years older, but, you know, half a generation, let's say, that, that you know, that we're, we're not even there. We're non-existent. Mm-hmm. You know, so the new, young, fresh, uh, uh, names are out there re- ready to take over. I mean, you you have been touting center for a long time, root for a long time, you know, to you know to come up and start taking their place. But but uh, Alcaraz, you know, his uh, performance the last year uh, year and a half is you know for a young kid, you yeah. know, he's 18, 19 years old. You know, to you know, he's got no fear, you know, and 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 he's got no fear to take over. That that's what I liked about him, and and here's another thing I liked about him. That man came out, and yeah, man, he's 19 years old. <laughs> he's <laughs> a man, but, though, <laughs> and he's a man. That's right. But but he came out. He didn't care if it took him four hours, five hours, three sets, five sets. He says, "Let's let's get down to business." Yeah. And 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 nobody gave him anything in that tournament. He earned it all the way. You know, uh, winning those five sets. You know, li- listen. You know what. Yeah, winning winning a, a five setter and then having to go play a, a match the next day and getting through it in uh, you know in three sets that's not easy. Let mm-hmm. alone playing three five setters in a row, you know to you know to be in that kind of shape. But but you know what I keep saying it every time, brother. That's what they get paid the big bucks for. Mm-hmm. You know if you're not if you're not willing to be that, and there's that word discipline again. I will say it again. <laughs> He's got that discipline, you know that says I'll do whatever it takes to go out there and to be able to be at my best or the best I can be at that time, every time. And, and, you know, my, my hope, my hope is that, that those who made a big impact uh, on the U S open are not satisfied with that, that they say, look what I did there. Look how well I played there. I can do this better. I can do that better. I can get in better shape. I can, I can work on this. I can work on that. And they continue to climb to be better and better every time. And I hope they don't uh, sit back and, you know, kind of rest on their laurels, you know, uh, but, but, you know, to go out and, and to continue to build on this, you know, Alcaraz now he goes, he wins the U S open. Now, now does he go over to, uh, to, to Australia and win Australia, you right. know, or make an impact in Australia also, uh, you know, Tiafo, you know, he's a semifinals at the U S open, a lot of hoopla around that. You know, uh, and and uh, is is he satisfied with that, or is he going to go to Australia and say, "I did it in New York. I can do it in Melbourne." You know that that's kind of you know you know what we've been talking about. Fed. That's what he did. 
Yeah. That's what Nadal does. That's what Djokovic does. You know, and if this is the new generation, these guys that are going to take over, that's what they're going to have to do. And it's going to be interesting to see who's the next guy to win 10 or 12 Grand Slams. Who's that going to be? Right. Yeah. That, yeah. that to me, that to me is going to be important because, you know, if all of a sudden you think, well, you know, I won the U.S. Open, you know, I'll live off that for five years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that, that's, I, and, and I, I don't think he'll be like that. I, I think he's got that, you know, that, uh, that intensity and that grind and that, you know, whatever it takes to try to be the best. And, and uh, obviously he's got a good team around him. You know, they, uh, they, they must look after him pretty darn good as far as, uh, you know, being able to go and, you know, have, uh, have a couple of weeks like he did in New York. I, I was, I was happy that he won, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah me too. He had some good matches and, you know, I mean, the the effort that he put out was uh, was pretty spectacular. I was I was happy to see him win. Yeah, uh, I got a few things. Uh, yeah, I don't. Th- I think you're right. I think I don't think Rude will like rest on it because he made the finals at the French and boom, like two slams later, he's in another slam final. You right. know, so he didn't like worry about that. No, that clay is my favorite surface. I'll just wait for French every year. But you know, he's on the hard court. He's getting better on hard court. Mm-hmm. I mean, his serve yes, was right. pretty strong. He, it's not like that big, but it's it's, it's big for him, and it's, it, he's hitting the spots. It's it's tough. Uh, Francis, you said uh, in Australia, he's got he's had success there before making the quarter, but then after mm-hmm. he had that success, he kind of uh, he's he kind of disappeared a little bit in the slam. So it'd be I think he's one to look for. Curios um, made the quarters and kind of was you know set up to us thinking this is the best chance he's ever had to win a slam. You know, he had right. catching off in a quarter to probably play. It would have been rude. And then to play Alcaraz, which, you know, Alcaraz maybe gets him, but he's in a final with like, you know, a coin flip maybe. And he loses in five to catching off. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, but, you know, he, he said beforehand that he's looking forward to going home. <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, if you're going to go into a Grand Slam having that feeling, then every time you go out there, and and it, and it gets tight. You're kind of, uh, you know, having an internal battle with yourself saying, do I want to go or do I want to stay? Mm-hmm. You know, that that kind of thing. You know, if you're if you're going to play those uh, those tournaments like that, you expect to win a two week tournament, three out of five sets, you know, with all the other excess pressures and, and uh, all that goes along with, you know, those those Grand Slam tournaments. Yeah. If, if, if you're if you're going to go in there with with an attitude like, ah, I don't really know if I want to be here. I can't wait to get home. Uh, then, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I know this for a fact, Brad, I wouldn't have a chance to win the tournament if I, if I felt like that, Yeah. you know, I, I'd be in two minds. I'd say, well, it's three all in the fifth. Do I, geez, I've gotten this far. Do I want to win or do I want to catch the flight out at, at uh, nine o'clock? Right. Bad. You know, that's bad vibes. Definitely. You know, from, from, from my standpoint, but, uh, Hey, you know, I, you know, it, just think what would have happened with his career. He got to the finals of Wimbledon. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if he would have, you know, gotten through and, you know, uh, gotten to the finals of the U S open, uh, and, or won it, you know, what, what do you think that would have done for him right. and for his career and, and for the way people looked at him and, and, uh, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden now he's a major player. You know, as as uh, you know, in the game, well, every time he's is he going to show up every time and be in the finals or semifinals and right, and then he's going into Australia's, you know, his home country. Slam. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, they, but I thought know, that was a little. Me. I thought that was a little weird too that he like came out and said that while he was still in the tournament. You know, right. like it's one of those things where like if you feel it 
and, you know, and, and he loses to catching off, then you go in and say it. Then you can go in and say, you know what, mate? Like, I, I'm looking forward to going home. I've been on the road. Because, you know, dealing with the Australian, the quarantining and how far it is, he's been on the road much right. more than everyone else. We talked about that with Barty when she quit, right. you know, a lot of the travel, how hard it gets and, and that kind of stuff. But, like, why say it? Like, why, why give your opponents the knowledge that, like, this guy already wants to go? He might have one foot out the door a little bit. 100%. Yeah. 100% right. I thought, yeah. like, because even if he thinks that, like, don't tell it. You know, like you don't have yeah. to be honest all the time. You don't have to tell us everything. So I thought that was a little weird, but b- back to Alcaraz. I mean, we'll see what happens with him. I mean, I, even making the quarters, I was almost a little impressed that, you know, he kind of followed up Wimbledon with a decent result. He won Washington, the doubles and the singles, and he didn't do great on the, the Masters 1000s. But then he came back and made a quarter, played five, you know, it was a tough match. So I still kind of think we're giving him the benefit of the doubt until we see some sort of, you know, difference. If he starts to slide or if he gets, you know, kind of keeps it going, then we, it's good, you know? Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, like, like we say every time, Brad, or, you know, he, he's the future of the game now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with, with, uh, you know, with Federer retiring and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's no secret. Rafa's what? 36, 37. Mm-hmm. What, what's, uh, what's Joker? I think the yeah, same. 34, 30, about the same 35, yeah. 36, something like that. So, you know, the, the, the guys that are future or the future of the game need to need to be the future of the game now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and be they have no other and, choice. And, right. There's no other choice now is right. But so a couple things to wrap up on Alcaraz that uh, I wanted to say one thing I got to give a shout out to my coworker at Tennis Channel, Lindsay Davenport, American Grand Slam champion and a really cool person said earlier in the year when Alcaraz was on his run. Uh, to us at work that there was a 1000% chance Alcaraz wins the Grand Slam this year. And that was before the French. So he loses in the French in like whatever the quarters, loses to center at Wimbledon. And now all of a sudden like, uh oh, shit, 1000% and only one more swing at the ball. You know? Right. And boom, he comes through and wins it and, you know, justifying Lindsay's call and like I have to give her a little shout out because uh, I think it's cool. He deserves it. that's (laughs) That's a good pick. You know, the, the only thing is, I wish you'd have told us that we'd have, we'd have, we'd have put a fiver on her. Yeah, we put a little, a little bet on that. <laughs> on Alcaraz. We'd have put a final uh, five bucks on him. Yep. That would have been good. Yep. That would have been a good call. Um, so but, shout out, Lindsay. Uh, one more thing just about Alcaraz that makes me think he could be the guy that kind of like takes over from the Fed to Nadal, like takes the baton, is that when he plays his, his matches, he plays exciting matches, dude. You know? Like he, he plays fun, exciting matches and he seems to bring out the best in his like opponents, you know, like Tiafo in that five setter played well and then center right. played well and Chilich played really well, you know? So he plays this like entertaining style. It's super dramatic. You know, he, play, he hits these crazy trick shots and shots like you, you, you've never seen before. And then he brings mm-hmm. out the best in his opponents. And I think that's like one of those things where not many guys do that, you know, like you know, like Fed did it, you know, and like, you know, Nadal, did, like some of these guys, they do it. You do it like, cause everyone wants to get up to play you, you know, maybe he, maybe he's the, he's the guy now with the, with the bullseye on his back. Right. Yeah. You know, maybe he's the, he's the new guy, you know, and, and uh, there, there, here comes your word discipline again. Let's see if he has the discipline to handle it right? and how he handles it. I think he does. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I mean, boy, uh, you know, for, for, Somebody that young, you know, to, to, to come in and not be afraid. I mean, that's, 
that's pretty good going up against the three guys that uh, that he's going to eventually replace veteran Nadal and Djokovic. I mean, I'm not getting, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not, yeah. you know, retiring them all. I'm just no, saying. No, no, but just eventually, I mean, he's only 19. So let's say they, yeah. those guys play for three more years. He's 22, you know, <laughs> like, right. it's, yeah. it, it's amazing, you know, and, and here, here's another thing, but I, and, you know, I'm going to, I'll talk to you about it. Honestly is, you know, you have a great year and he's had a great year. Yeah, you know, and by by winning the U.S. Open and stuff, you know, you got to watch that sophomore hangover. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I I'm not saying everybody does it, but you're talking to one guy who did. <laughs> you know, you know, which you know, which you know, which which was fine because then then all of a sudden I said I just, you know, I got to the finals of Australia, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open, but I just got to the finals. Yeah, you know, if uh, you know, if I would have, you know, who knows if I, if I'd have kept my mind on my business. You know, and and, and uh, I I lost a bit of discipline. That's why that word is tattooed on my forehead. Uh, you, you know that uh, if I wouldn't have lost that discipline, what would have happened? You know, yeah. maybe nothing. But you know, we'll never know now. Yeah. But yeah, that's I all good. That. That's all good. What what advice would you give him going into it? Just stay well, focused. I, uh, I I, w- I would say that now you know all the pressure is off him. You right. know, winning uh, the the toughest thing to do is to win your first Grand Slam. He's done that, you know. Now it's just a matter of uh, a matter of keeping up and and you know taking care of your business and understanding you know what your role is now. You know, being there, there's a difference when you're when you walk into a place and they say, "Well, he's a Grand Slam champion." Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the you know people look look at you differently, you know, through a different set of eyes. Oh, he which one did he win? You know, who'd he be? You know, how to go? Did did he have any tough matches? All of a sudden, it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to walking in and say, well, you know, you got to the fourth round. Right. You know, he's going to say, well, I'll be darned. Now, how about that? Well, you know, uh, that yeah. was only the first week. What did you do the second week? Well, he was home. Right. He wanted to go home. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> it's a, you know, it's a, but, but I, I, I got a feeling, you know, and you said it right. He plays exciting matches and exciting tennis. And, and, you know, that's, you know, when, when he plays like that, that, you know, that you said it earlier, uh, 10 minutes ago that drags that drags the other players along with him, mm-hmm. you know, to, to say, if I'm going to keep up, Holy Christ, this guy's playing, you know, at 90%, what am I going to do to keep up with him? Mm-hmm. You know, so, and, and, and hopefully, you know, he comes in and, and, you know, knowing that Rafa and, and Djokovic are still out there, you know, that they push him a little further to, to try to be better. And that he, Alcarez starts pulling some guys along with him too you know, to, to get better and to start winning grand slams and, you know, pushing him and so forth. It's going to be, going to be a fun next couple of years. So yeah. number one, to see, you know, uh, Rafa and, and Novak and what, the, I'm sorry. Like how it shakes out, like who takes how the roles and out, who takes right. the new positions and, mm-hmm. you know, yep. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Fall is finally here, which means back to routine, back to busy schedules, and back to the best time-saving hack for weeknight dinners. Every plate. 
If you think meal kits are too expensive, think again. Every plate is 25% cheaper than grocery shopping. Every plate's quality ingredients come pre-portioned to help you save money and reduce food waste. You know, like that big bag of spinach you throw out every week. Get exactly what you want. Now you can swap proteins and sides or add a protein to a veggie dish and crush every craving. When your weekdays and nights get jam-packed, every plate will help you get delicious meals on the table without breaking the bank. My favorite stuff from every plate is anything with a spice. My girlfriend and I get in the kitchen, we cook it up quick, and we're eating dinner in no time. That's why I love every plate. Get your first box for just $1.49 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code CONNORS149. That's $1.49 per meal at everyplate.com with code CONNORS149. We all want to turn back the clock. For some, it's for vanity. Others, just to relive those glory days. For me, I would love to wake up every morning with zero brain fog, a clear mind, and be as energized as I was when I was younger. I know I can start to lose focus the longer the day goes on, but thanks to first person, I can take a more active role in my brain's overall health. After witnessing the deteriorating effects Alzheimer's had on their father and grandfather's cognitive health, brothers Chris and Joe were determined to take their brain health into their own hands. So they created First Person, an innovative, precision-targeted cognitive supplement system, which uses the brain-boosting medical benefits of mushrooms to activate the full potential of human cognitive and brain health. Made with functional mushrooms aimed to stimulate the body's natural production of specific neurotransmitters that trigger activities like energy, mood, and sleep. I've always had a tough time going to sleep ever since I was a young kid. My brain would always race and race and race on the most meaningless things and make it hard for me to sleep. So I take the Moonlight Supplement, which helps me get in bed and to sleep in a decent amount of time so I can be ready to go for the next day. Start improving your brain health and cognition with First Person. Get 15% off your first order by going to getfirstperson.com and use code CONNORS. That's G-E-T-F-I-R-S-T-P-E-R-S-O-N.com. Code CONNORS for 15% off your first order. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's move on to some pigskin football. One week is in the book, and I don't know how many times I'm going to get to do this, so I'm going to uh, celebrate a little. The Dolphins are 1-0 with a 20-7 decisive home victory over the dreaded New England Patriots. Decisive. (laughs) I mean, we should have put up more than 20. Really, we only scored one offensive touchdown, but uh, we scored a defensive touchdown on on a sack strip. But I mean, I don't know. It looks it looks okay. We need to get better on offense, but our defense is pretty strong. Yeah, and uh, yep. you know, I, I like the new coach. He seems like he's got a good attitude. He's a young guy. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We got a tough schedule though. The next three games, I think we got Baltimore, Buffalo, which looked really good, uh, mm. blowing out the Rams, yeah. and then I think uh, we got uh, uh, the Bengals, who uh, lost to the Steelers on a last second field goal. But uh, talk to me. Anything that stuck out to you? Russell Wilson mm-hmm. losing on the new team back in Seattle. Anything else? What do you think? Uh, you know the the Cowboys. I guess uh, you know their their quarterback has uh, had surgery already. So where's that put them? Yeah, uh, you know, and and uh, you know, I guess he's going to be out what four, six weeks, six, eight weeks, and mm-hmm. and and where where's that put the Cowboys now? Is that 
I guess a lot of people are talking, you know, I mean, you know, you got to look at the Cowboys. That's America's team. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know, so, you know, America's talking about them. So is that, uh, is their season over already? You know, how do you, how do you look at that? Do you think they, they, they make a phone call to the 49ers who have Garoppolo sitting on the bench? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. He's sitting there. Would, I mean, they, would, would, they could give up, you know, they'd have to give up something for him, but they got, I mean, the other quarterback, Trey Lance, I think his name is, my bad, I'm kind of, uh, the young kid that they they drafted two years ago, started the season, didn't look great, losing in the first game to the Bears. Five out of the six, we, we said this, I think, last week, that there were 10 home dogs what? or something like that. Right. 10 home right. dogs week one, and then well, how does it turn out? Five of the six top uh, favored teams lost straight up. Right, right. Straight up. Well, yeah. <laughs> Talk about well, Vegas well, making some money. Well, the 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 one guy that uh, didn't disappoint again was uh, you know was you know a guy down at Tampa. I mean, you yeah. know what the hell? I mean, does he? The, he's he, he's going to be playing when he's fifty five, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, Tom Brady. I mean, the you know, and and Tampa. You know, he he's retired. He's come back. He's retired. He's come back. I'm getting a little tired of that. You know, but <laughs> but the more he plays, the uh, the more you know his legacy is being built in 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 Tampa. Has has really uh, you know built a team around him to protect him, mm-hmm. you know which you know I you know which is you know for me uh, you know going out there so, somebody's going to go one time they're just going to say uh, he's won a few too many times boom <laughs> you know I feel like, but, but, I feel like uh, we've been saying it, that for about twelve years yeah, now <laughs> yeah but but isn't that you're you're exactly right but uh, man oh man he just he just keeps coming back and and uh, playing at such a high level and. You know, and and winning games. Yep. I mean, he. I'm sure. Listen, I, I'm going to compare him to uh, to Kyrgios. I, I'm sure Tom Brady's not going in these games saying, uh, I, "I I'd rather be home. I'm not going to try to get to the Super Bowl." I guarantee you, he's not saying that. Right. Uh, you know, he's in there saying, "I want to win every damn game that I play in. I want to get to the Super Bowl. These guys are going to be in shape. I'm going to be in shape." You know, once again, there's the guy that's pulling his team along with him. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you know, I, I'm going to perform. I'm 45. I'm going to do this. Come on, guys. You 22, 23, 24 year olds. Come on, jump on this. You know, we got we got one or two opportunities. You know, uh, I want another Super Bowl. I want to win you one too. help me win this. You right. Know, there, 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 there's your guy. The That's difference the guy. in mindset, too, where like he's he'll do anything for like one more chance at another ring or, you know, another title, essentially, let's say. You know, yeah. and then like the other way where you're like, you know, I, I want to go home. I'm, I'm done. I don't, I've missed my home or all this stuff where like, you know, fuck home. It'll be there. <laughs> you know? yep. Like yeah, home ain't going right. anywhere. Home's not going anywhere. Yeah. But like the chance for this week for you to win this title is, you know. Yeah. So you're yep. right. Adding, but, adding Julio Jones does not hurt. He just, they just keep yeah. giving him more weapons down there. He's got Evans. He's right. got Godwin. And now he's got Julio. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> Spoiled, bro. I don't I'm jealous. <laughs> he, he's he, he's the you know I I like that because you know when uh, when your favorite guy Dan Marino played, you know his you know uh, w- once he put the ball in the air, I mean he just drew you to the television. I mean uh, yeah. you say like, pass it again, throw it again. I mean it was so exciting to watch. And and if they're they're bringing in more receivers like that for him, uh, he's gonna it's going to be airborne, you know that. So yep. that's going to be going to be exciting to watch. But there's a lot of good teams. Yeah, you know there. Yeah, there's some good teams. But you know, you know what's interesting though, Brett? 
is that, you know, I was reading the other day that uh, about uh, the, the salary of a lot of the coaches uh, mm-hmm. and, and the college coaches. Yeah. You know, that, you know, that, the, the, you know, and, 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 and it's like you said, deservedly so, you know, who, who's going to go out and get these players, you know, and, and bring them in and, and to be a part of the system and everything. You know, it's the coach, right? right. Yeah. The coach, the GM, the back office. But I'm, I'm sure the coach is, is the one that, uh, you know, has to put up with, you know, dealing with in football with, you know, how many, you know, 60 players and, you know, or basketball or, or whatever. And it's kind of different than tennis. I mean, you, you know, your coach is dealing with one guy, you know, or, or, or a couple of guys, but, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with all that and, and keeping the team, you know, together and, and all, all for the same reason. And, you know, kind of, uh, you know, making everybody better to, you know, to for their main, one main goal, which is to win, you know, games every weekend. You know, these, uh, you know, I, I, when I read it, I, I said, I, I got to read that because I hope it's not derogatory because, you know, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, uh, they're every day, they're, they're eating, breathing, living, you know, trying to make that team better, whether it's pro or college. So uh, it was just kind of interesting to see in, in, in fun to read. And it was, uh, it was a good read. I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're working it that way. Yeah. Well, like if you realize that they don't pay the players all these years, I know that's starting to change, but I mean, some of these football and basketball programs, I mean, how many millions and millions of dollars do they make for the schools, you know, and right. the athletic departments and, and all that stuff. So like, I mean, someone's got to get paid, <laughs> you know, like so somebody is, is in charge of bringing that success and all that money kind of to the university. So if they're not going to pay the players, which I think they should in some sort of way, you know, wh- whether it's, you know, across the board, a certain amount of money for every athlete on the school, whatever it is, there should be something, you know, you can't generate that kind of money and just not give it to them. But if, right. if, they're, if you're not going to, I mean, the coach should probably get something pretty good, especially if you're like Alabama with Saban or, you know, like, I don't know, just, you know, Kansas basketball or Duke, you know, I know Shashevsky right. just retired, but I mean, you know, imagine the money they bring in and then they go and they sign a, you know, a 10 year deal with Nike to outfit the the school with their clothes and the shoes. And that brings in all this money and extra exposure and commercials and all that stuff. So, I mean, they kind of deserve it because like, you know, who else should get it? Right. I, I, I tell the story all the time when, uh, when you were looking at colleges, uh, when we uh, when we went to University of Texas, mm-hmm. and and you went in, uh, you know, by uh, to be a part of the golf team, and you know they were they're showing us around campus, and and they said, and and this and here's here's where you'll come to work out every day, and, and if you need this, come you know come to to this area. The, here's the trainers, and here and and you walk in, and it it was all built by the football, right? <laughs> remember remember that? Yep. I mean. The, you know, being in there and, and uh, you know, seeing just, just you know, how high tech and everything it was. And this was, you know, 25 years ago, 30 mm-hmm. years ago, 25 years ago. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, oh, my God, you know, so the, 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 the program, you're right, uh, you know, to, to get those programs going, it takes a lot. So, uh, hey, you might as well pay somebody. And, and, you know, now it's a good thing. I think a lot of that's changed. Uh, with the way they treat the players now that they can, you know, maybe go and, and try to make some money off of their name and, and so forth over the course of uh, their college careers, which is, uh, which is good too. So yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. good sports, good stuff in sports. Yeah. They got, uh, I mean, they, they bring in so much money that, I mean, I think it's good. The players need to get something. They're able to start signing endorsement deals now uh, once they sign with a college too, which is, you know, a way to make money outside of having to have the school pay them. One last story. 
You mentioned earlier about Brady retiring and coming back. There's another famous quarterback in the news who is famous for retiring and coming back multiple times, Mr. Brett Favre. Have you heard about this story? Uh, you know what? I was I was uh, watching the news today, and and I, I walked in the room when it was just over, and and I and I saw that uh, you know that he is uh, there is an investigation or something that uh, that's going on in, with him, and uh, I I didn't have time to to get to it and see it. What what are you hearing? So the story is uh, he's went to Southern Mississippi. He's you know must live there. I'm not sure, but. So he's been former Governor Phil Bryant helped Brett Favre secure welfare funding for University of Southern Mississippi's volleyball stadium, texts mm. reveal. So there's text mm-hmm. between Favre and, and, the, and the governor back and forth. Yeah. So essentially they stole or reallocated, quote unquote, five, right. five million dollars from welfare funding, which is, you mm. know, for, Interesting. for the most needy you know, poor people in the, in the world who need probably the most help took that money and decided to build a volleyball stadium at the university of Southern Mississippi, where it happened that I think his daughter was playing volleyball. So help build a new volleyball stadium. What do you think? I, I don't know what to think. It's <laughs> a crazy know, story, uh, right? Yeah. It's a crazy story. And, and, uh, you know, I like to, you know, spend a little time and research that and hear, hear a little bit more, but that, it, it's, uh, going to be interesting to see where that goes yeah. uh, you know and see see what comes out of that but yeah that's uh i'm gonna have to do a little research on that and uh be uh, give, give me a minute and then we'll talk <laughs> about that on our next podcast but uh yeah. you know I, I hope to hear more about that yeah i'm sure more will come out in the coming days um kind of crazy to think like far at one time was this beloved quarterback you know and then he did the retire, come back, retire, come back. So he kind of alienated like multiple teams that he played for. You know, he like went, left Green Bay, played for Minnesota, their rival, then went to the Jets and, and had all those like, you know, sexting, you know, picks with the, with the media girl that, that worked for the Jets. He's just kind of done some weird stuff. And then now this comes out and it's just like, I don't know what's going on, bro. I guess, I guess sometimes it's better just to lay low. Right. <laughs> you know, and just, uh, well, you know, kind of take care. Here, here's Go my ahead. question. Like, if you need $5 million and you're Brett Favre, don't you, like, have some sort of, like, auction or some event or something and you go around to all, like, your former players and athletes and famous people you've met over your whole career and say, hey, look, I'm trying to raise money for my daughter's volleyball. We're going to build this volleyball. Let's have this auction. Can you guys donate, sign this or sign that? Like, wouldn't you do something like that before you risk, like, something like this ever coming out? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's, there, there could be so many things that, uh, you know, that are underlying that we don't know about, you, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, right and wrong. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to reserve my comment until our next podcast because I got to do a little research on that. And hopefully, you know, I can, uh, I, I can get a little, little more information. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see where that goes. I mean, that's, uh, that, that's you know, uh, when that when that makes headlines and makes the news, you know, uh, you know, people are interested in it. So it'd be interesting to see where that heads. Right. And like if these sort of things like if this comes out, obviously other things like this have been done or are done. Like imagine all the crazy things that like just don't get exposed that we don't know about. Mm. Man. But, I, uh, I, oh, boy. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Like, we'll come back like to I, it. We'll come back to it in a like, week or two. Like I said, though, but sometimes it's better just to lay low. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Not Stay a bad out of thing. trouble. Stay out of trouble. Yeah. Well, um, so I want what to say doing? one thing. We, you know, the the world lost uh, lost the queen. Uh, you know, she's 
she was on the throne, the, uh, the Queen of England, uh, Queen Elizabeth, uh, passed away within the last week or so. And uh, there's a lot going on on the news with it. And uh, Charles now is uh, taken over as king. But, you know, it's, it's interesting better, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, we, we see that, uh, you know, the passing of a queen, you know, now it's passed down to, to a king. I wonder, you know, how long it's going to be before another queen comes around and, and rules. You know, because you go from Charles, where from Charles, where, who does he pass it on to? I think William. Yeah. You know, who does his who does wife William pass it on? To? I don't know. Does his wife become queen? I don't know how all that stuff works. I'm really bad with all that. But yeah, I'm, you're right. I'm not sure. I mean, I think she ruled for something like 72 or three years. So like there's yeah. a good portion of the world who doesn't know a world without, without her as like the queen of England, you know? Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, what she, she was, she was elegant and, and uh, the way she handled, you know, so many things and the way she dressed and, and, uh, you know, for, for her to have been in that position for, for such a long time, you know, the Great Britain, England, uh, you know, they've, uh, they've lost a, a great leader role model. And, and, uh, you know, like I said, I, I don't know much about that and, and the order of which things happened, but it was, uh, you know, it was very interesting to, you know, over the years to, to watch her and, and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, feel what, what she had to give and what she had given, you know, uh, her people there, her, her fans, her, her country, her, uh, you know, her, uh, Great Britain and, in, in, in England, her, her world in, in, in that respect. And, uh, yeah, the world's lost a great leader and she'll be missed, I'm sure. Right. And it's uh, probably interesting to see the reception or the reaction to it from different parts of the world, you know, like, let's say a country like India or Africa or like China, where like the, mm -hmm. you know, the colonialism and the British, you know, rule was for a long time and a lot of years and, and stuff like that. Like, but, uh, you're right. It's a sad day. I've been covering Davis cup. Like I said earlier, earlier this, uh, all week and, uh, Great Britain played yesterday and, and, and all week in Glasgow, they're having the event, uh, with the Davis cup USA is there and, and they've been doing a ceremony every day, honoring her. It's, it's a really nice thing. They put, they put a nice picture of her up on the screen and, and so, yeah, it's sad. And, uh, yeah, it's just a lot of stuff going on. It seems like, uh, lately the world is moving pretty fast and, and a lot going on from day to day. So what, well, uh, what do you got, got going we, on the rest of the day? You golfing, well, you biking, you hanging with mom, you with the dog, what are you doing? I've, I've, uh, I've got my exercise in, I, I went on my bike ride and, and, uh, I've been uh, working a little bit trying to, you know, offset this, uh, this market the other day was, uh, was kind of a setback a little bit, but, uh, you know, kind of in, you know, getting into that a little bit and, and, uh, trying to figure out some, some good moves and hopefully not any bad moves. Uh, I was going to go play some golf, but, uh, uh, I think I want to pass today. I, I've, I've uh, been been playing a little bit too much, and I'm feeling it. So I think I'm going to pass and just kind of lay around the house and take Bogey for a walk and uh, uh, get Mom to go with me. And you know, kind of, kind of, like I said, sometimes it's better just to lay low. Right. And I think that, that today's my day to lay low. So it's going to be good. That doesn't sound bad. Uh, one quick thing uh, I mentioned: we haven't been talking NFTs and the, and the crypto stuff lately, just because the market's been down so much, but. Last night was the Ethereum, the ETH, you know, that we talk about with NFTs being the currency. It was the Ethereum merge is what they call it. I know a lot of people oh. out there don't know what I'm talking about, and uh, I don't exactly know all the facts, but essentially what it is, is it makes it better for the environment and it makes it, you know, better for, for 
you know, doing contracts and, and a lot of things like that on, on the blockchain. So uh, the word is, is that, you know, it, it's going to, going to be a good thing going forward. And uh, you know, that, that along with Bitcoin are kind of maybe the two strongest cryptos, even though both of them have been taking a hit. I mean, along with everything else, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been, uh, we've been, been through a bit of a tough time and, you know, hopefully uh, you know, the, uh, things start turning around a little bit, and, and uh, I, I don't know if we've hit the bottom yet, but uh, hopefully uh, when we do hit bottom, it gives a good bounce back. So just got to, you know, kind of bide our time a little bit and try not to get too hurt <laughs> in right. the meantime. And don't look at it too much. If you watch it too much, yeah. it's just it's just not good. Just kind of look at it once a week or something like that, and then go back to uh, not looking at it. Yeah, I think that's the right idea. <laughs> In, in, in the meantime, you can follow us um, at Jimmy Connors on Twitter, That's right. uh, at Advantage Connors, uh, at ADV Connors, at Brett underscore Connors. I love it. Uh, at Gold Dude Isabella on Instagram, if you want to follow the mascot who was barking in the background earlier. <laughs> I'm going to go take her on a little walk. It's just starting to cool off here, so I'm going to take her on a little walk and, uh, and get out of the house and get some fresh air. Do it. Get to it. And, you, know, you get some rest. You got another couple of days of work. I know you got some long hours, but uh, uh, get some uh, get some rest. And, and don't forget to, to send in some questions on Facebook or our Instagram or whatever. I like answering your questions and uh, stay with us and we'll see you again next week. Yeah, we'll get back into some questions and answers next week. Uh, we just kind of ran a little long today, so uh, we'll, we'll get back to it next week. So thanks for everybody uh, for listening and we will check you next week. We are out. Peace.